This is Tyler from Begat the Nephilim. This is Craig Schmuel from Hatestorm Annihilation. Hey, everybody, this is Travis from Visceral Discord. This is Mike from Devil Driver. Hey, this is Steve from 200 Stab Wounds, and you're listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. Check it out. Welcome back, Metalheads, to another episode of the Great Metal Debate Podcast. It's your man Xander again with another metal interview. Today I'm here with Dave, Brad, and John from Devourment. How are you guys all doing today? Great. Awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. So i got to say, I've been a fan of Devourment ever since 2008, whenever I first heard the song Baby Killer, and I'm sure that's pretty much everybody's introduction to the band. Uh, you know, from the moment I heard that long, like, 20-second gurgle that uh, Mike Majewski did uh, on the reissue version. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, along with uh, your blast beats, <laughs> which is just insanely fast, by the way. Uh, I, that's what made me fall in love with Brutal Death Metal as a whole. You know, from there I got into things like, you know, pathology and, you know, torso fuck. Yeah. <laughs> things like that. But... So, also, this is my very first time ever seeing you guys play live. Uh, so, it, this has been, like... 15 years <laughs> waiting, and I'm also seeing you guys again a second time in a row tomorrow night in Nashville. Oh, right on. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I figured that since you know I've been waiting so long to see you guys, I may as well see you guys twice in a row. <laughs> All right, so um, the website, the website Metal Archives, tells me that uh, you have been in the band, Brad, yeah. uh, for the majority of Devourment's years. But it, it gave me kind of like a list of years. Uh, yeah. Were there times where you left the band and then came back? Yeah, I, me, Brain, and Wayne, Brian Wayne, started the band like 95, 97. So I've been in since 97-ish. Then I quit around 2000 and uh, was out of the band from 2000, 2013 when the lineup changed. Mike Majewski became singer. Eric Park was on drums. It was a different version of the band. And they did, you know, several albums. And then uh, 2014 came around and we kind of had a... Uh, a lineup change again where everybody moved and I returned and Dave joined the band and Chris moved from bass to guitar and Ruben moved from uh, guitar to back to vocals which he originally did back in the late 90s okay oh, so when did Ruben get into the band uh, like around 2014 yeah right before we started recording Lusting and Capitated late uh, 99 or so yeah so for this tour, you guys have a substitute live vocalist, which is Angel from Cephalotripsy and Abominable Putridity, yep. which, by the way, great choice. I've been a fan of Cephalotripsy for a while, and, uh, you know. Um, so uh, are you guys allowed to comment on why Ruben is not on this tour, or is it personal reasons? Yeah, yeah. no, it's, uh, it's mostly availability, and uh, we, we haven't toured to any degree for you know, over, well over a decade, so we figured uh, we had an opportunity but we were going to have to do it, you know, um, with some fill-in members and made sure everybody was okay with, uh, you know, who, if, if that was the case, that they, you know, were okay with who's getting fill, picked a uh, fill-in for them. Like, Ruben handpicked Angel and suggested him to be his replacement for this tour since he just wasn't available. And uh, basically, same with uh, Chris. He, he didn't have the availability for a full tour, so it just didn't work out, uh, like, you know, uh, previous last year they did a European tour where I was uh, Lily f filled in for me on drums. Lily from uh, 
<clears throat> defeated sanity. So uh, we figure we're just going to try this, you know, so we can get some actual tour and get some play in front of some people, you know, that haven't seen us in a long time. So that probably explains why I haven't seen you guys live yet, is because you just said that it's been almost a decade. That's that's so. it. Yeah. All right. So uh, who writes the majority of the lyrics for the band? Ruben Rose. Yeah. All, Ruben. All Ruben. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who who wrote it before Ruben was in the band? Uh, guessing it was Mike. Yeah, during the Mike era, Mike Majewski wrote the lyrics, I assume. I, I wasn't in it then, but I'm pretty sure he, he wrote the majority of the lyrics. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, I remember, of course, reading the lyrics for the stuff from the Butch of the Week album, and I, just, I was like 16 at the time, yeah, I was yeah. thinking to myself, good God, should I be even reading this <laughs> right, at the time, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then again, I think I guess I had already been desensitized to the song um, Necropedophile by Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> so. that's, yeah, that's how we started from the beginning with the, the gore, pushing the gore lyrics. It was like, Cannibal was big at the time, they were a big influence on us in the 90s. So we were like, we just want to be more extreme and push that even farther. Mm -hmm. and, get even more disgusting with it. So. Uh, kind of like what uh, Severe Torture from the Netherlands wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, uh, a lot of people started doing it. Yeah. Uh, so that was going to be one of my future questions on, on this list, but I guess I can go and skip over oh, that. Sure. <laughs> um, now, I've also noticed that you guys' sound has changed a little bit over the years, um, as far as like Blast Beats in particular. have not, not really, how, how do I say this? They've slowed down a little bit, but they still managed to maintain the right heaviness, and I've noticed that the guitars also seem to have a little bit more of a pinch harmonic to the sounds instead of the um, traditional chugs. What made you guys want to change up the sound, and how do you guys continue to still impress fans? Uh, I think that was mostly just because, uh, you know, when we reformed this new lineup, we started writing. So it was a new writing team with me and Chris Andrews writing the majority of the guitar riffs, um, and we just wanted to kind of pick up where I left off when the band in 2000 with the molesting and decapitated sound and kind of take that sound and evolve it forward um, and just kind of push the heaviness and some of the technicality a little bit and you know he's uh, we're big you know Zach Wilde fans and we want <laughs> we like the pinch harmonics and it just sounds brutal and they in the right context so that's just kind of how that happened it just it just became an evolution of what we started doing with development originally trying to be the you know heaviest brutalist whatever kind of stuff that we've heard but with a, a good ear for songwriting structures and arrangements and that kind of thing okay now i'm going to improv this question for you dave since you're the bassist i, I know that uh, the sound has kind of gotten a little more of like a sludgy feel to it and the bass has become a little bit more audible too in, in terms of like the mixing in the studio um, are you the kind of person that tells the producer to turn the bass up in the mix? <laughs> of course, I think all bass players do that, right? You, you want to be heard, but um, right. part of the last question you asked is like trying to find the right sound so you all cut through, right? You can hear everything because we made a decision to go to eight strings and tune down and just wanted to be low and heavy, but also you know finding the right gear and the right frequency so everybody can be heard and all mixes together well. So it took a lot of work and it takes a lot of like listening back and trying new equipment and watching our videos and seeing what works and doesn't work. So. Right, you guys wanted to kind of give it an even more of a crunchy sound this time around. Yeah, crisp, uh, crunchy sound, but still like low and heavy. So what equipment do you guys use? Let's start with you. Um, I use a BC Rich H-String, Shredzilla. I also have a EVH 5153 Stealth uh, guitar head. A lot of guitar pedals running through that. Just, just to boost it up and just create the heaviest 
tone I can possible. I mean, that's the ultimate goal here. Uh, so what made you want to pick up guitar? Uh, man, I, I started playing guitar because I had some buddies when I was a kid growing up that had a garage band and they would jam all the time and I would just watch them. And I went to a pawn shop one day with my dad and he bought me my first guitar like when I was probably 12, 11 or 12. All right, so been, what was, was your first? You. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Just been going since then, man. Yeah. Uh, what was your first uh, guitar that you owned? Uh, it was an Ibanez Strat uh, six string. Um, Sucks. It's long gone, but mm. yeah, it was great for my first, you know, getting guitar. Sweet. And I was an Ibanez guy for forever after that. And then I kind of went to Jackson and now BC Rich. So. Okay. So how, how about you? How did you start out on drums? Uh, I started out actually in a similar way in high school. I just had friends that jammed, and uh, I actually started on guitar because I've always been a <clears throat> more of a guitar fan of riffs and soloing and stuff. And we started high school bands, <clears throat> and then every time we'd like, you know, break in a practice or something, I'd get on the drum kit, and I usually wind up being slightly better drummer than whoever we had on drums at the time. So I just I felt more comfortable on drums, and I struggled more on guitar. So I was like, I think I'm I'm going to switch to drums. So then I just started doing metal bands and stuff you know, in high school, and then I started hearing death metal, and that's when I started trying to, you know, play Cannibal Corpse beats and stuff, and that was kind of it for me. So, what was the first kit that you ever had? Oh, Jesus, the first kit I ever had was stupid. It was a Remo PTS, I don't think anyone even ever heard of this, it's a pre-tuned drum kit. It was like, uh, you couldn't even tune the heads. They were just, it was a pre, <laughs> you snapped them on. You got a Toys R Us? Yeah, dude. I don't know where, I, I think I got it from a buddy who just like gave them or something, because <laughs> they were garbage. But it was a double bass kit, so like I started immediately playing double bass. That was pretty fun. And what do you currently use? Uh, I finally graduated up to a, a Tama Star Classic Walnut Birch, uh, Tama Starphonic Brass Snare Drum, Minel Cymbals, uh, that's about it, yeah. All right. And how about you? How did you get on the playing bass? Uh, I also was originally a guitar player. Picked it up in like middle school. I was a grunge kid for a while and then started getting into metal. And then um, throughout the years, as you know, a lot of bands need bass players. There's a million guitar players. So just picked up bass here and there and I kind of switched back and forth depending on what band needs what, right? So uh, just been consistent with bass with this band the last nine years now. Cool. Dave, who do you think the best bass player in the world is? In the world? Yeah. Wow. Mm, definitely not me. That's heavy. I don't know. I think he's dead. Jocko? Think, yep. <laughs> I think it would be Jocko, but uh, nowadays... Uh, I don't know, man. I can't pick one. That's a tough one. I can't pick one. Uh, so, uh, I guess another question could be, um, like, who do you look up to as far as bass players? Uh, as far as, like metal bass players definitely like Oli and Alex obviously um, Derek and uh, a few others out there uh, in the metal scene at least and not just not just uh, it's and it's everything about them right it's their playing technique it's their sound it's it's everything I kind of like steal from them and, and kind of make it our own because it just works right yeah so, so Alex from Cannibal Corpse yeah. and um, so Oli from Cattle Decap Cryptopsy and uh, Derek from Suffocation. Uh, yeah, Derek Boyer. Yeah, I've talked to him a couple times. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I saw him, uh, well, actually, I saw them like 
a little over a month ago when they opened up for Death to All, but then I saw yeah, them yeah. last year when they played with Surruption. Yeah. So. And um, well, what about you? Uh, who do you think is like one of the best drummers in the world, or Jesus. like uh, who, who do you look up to? Same. The best ever is dead. His name is Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich yeah. yeah. <laughs> John Bonham's number two. Um, the, my main biggest influences consistently for the past like thirty years since I started playing drums was David Cole Ross of formerly Malevolent Creation, Suffocation, and Disgorged, the best death metal band no one's ever heard of. And um, Flo Monnier from Cryptopsy. That's kind of what my original notion of what I was trying to do on drums is like flows and hyperblasty speed and weird, uh, you know, accenting and stuff. And Dave Colross's creativity and power and that kind of thing. Okay. And how about you for the guitarist? Uh, <laughs> man, I used to love Steve Ray Vaughn. You know, uh, Steve Vai, John Pertucci. Uh, my biggest influences are probably Hoffman Brothers, Deicide. Oh yeah. Um, you know, Terrence, Suffocation, Jack Owen, Cannibal Corpse. I mean, those guys kind of wrote the book, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Those my favorites. Uh, who does you guys' album cover artwork? Uh, the last album, Obscene Majesty, was done by this guy named Chaos Dictator. Uh, he goes this way, he goes by oh, okay. socials. Um, he was really super cool with us and uh, made us a custom piece and we were really happy with it. Um, I don't think we've ever had any like consistent single artist. Maybe the closest thing is John Zig, uh, who you know has done a lot of shirt art and poster art for like every band on the planet. But he's we've known him you know, since the late '90s as well for uh, various things. Um, and Mike Majewski was actually our original original artist who did you know our like impaled demo cover stuff and like our original t-shirts and stuff way back in the day okay uh, i guess i'm uh trying to figure out uh how you guys either took the picture or oh you're talking mtd uh yeah yeah oh that guy <laughs> uh yeah that's our mascot. From our mascot our informal mascot um yeah that was from a uh a uh, photo art book by jp Whitkin that we kind of used <laughs> oh okay and uh yeah and it kind of became infamous i guess that way but yeah he he did he i don't think he's still alive anymore but he did these insane photos of like distorted bodies and stuff we don't know how he got away with that but uh, yeah it worked because we i came up with the name for the album the less than decapitated and we saw that picture and we're like yeah it kind of fits so <laughs> right and I have the wall flag for that. Oh, uh, yeah. And originally I had that in my living room, but then Thanksgiving rolled around a couple months ago and I thought, okay, I can't have this up here. Yeah, I, no, I, I had to put no, it back no, in my room. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough sell some places. Yeah, uh, somebody's trying to eat a piece of turkey and it's like, oh, man, I can't really swallow it. I, I can sit here and chew, but I can't really swallow it because I'm looking at that. So. Right. <laughs> Which I guess is a good thing, you know, it, it appeals to people who haven't heard you guys' music yet. Now, um, so you're, oh, uh, another question I have about Wilson and Decapitated is yeah. now I saw this picture a long time ago. I wish I still had it on my phone, but I don't have. I don't know if I can even find it anymore. But it looked like somebody had made an action figure out of that. Yes, like, they did. It, 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 that's real. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Where do people buy that? Because I want I it. I have no clue. <laughs> I think he only made like a handful. Yeah. Of them. I think it was what, just limited some edition? fan. Yeah. They're they're probably just, in Asia somewhere. <laughs> somewhere sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Asia or Eastern Europe or somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. Can't say that, Brad. No, no, no. We love that guy. Whoever he is. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. You did the packaging and everything. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, because yeah, I saw it still in the plastic. Yeah, it's still in the plastic. It's like buying a G.I. Joe or something. It's 
Yeah, I, I couldn't find it whenever I Googled it. And that's, <laughs> that's the only way we found it. Oh, okay. And then, of course, whenever I posted a picture of it on my old Facebook account, I got banned for 30 days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't okay. somebody else just did it? Go ahead. I saw it on eBay once, I think. Yeah. So like $500. Oh, yeah, that's pretty yeah. steep. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody did just like an Oscar trophy type yeah. award thing. I can't remember what it was called. I don't remember what it was, but I think, I think Stabbing, Stabbing won, some won it. award, and it was that as But a it was trophy. like an Oscar statue, but it had the molesting guy on it in gold plated, like a, like a statue version of it. It was pretty fun. It was awesome. So you guys have toured all over the world. Uh, out of all, all the countries that you guys have been to in the past, which place has the most insane mosh pits? Ecuador. <laughs> Ecuador. Quito, Ecuador was the most insane. Yeah, it was the most violent. Most violent. For us, also. Yeah. Yeah, I think the people were like swarming on stage and like the, the guys on in the band were having to kick and punch people and they were like loving it, I guess. It was yeah, insane. Some fights broke out yeah. and there was like cops and security everywhere. Yeah, there were armed madness. guards and all I think they were having a revolution at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It was. I've seen extremes pretty crazy too. I was just about to say I've seen yeah. extreme because yeah. uh, that, that's where I got the idea to ask this question is because I was watching some videos of you guys playing that I've seen extreme and of course everybody for some reason is in a costume. Everybody has a, a pool inflatable yeah. toy. See, that's yeah. more like yeah. way full fun. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, yeah. Not it's not violent. It's just yeah. it's insane yeah. and over the top for sure. But you know, honorable mention to this tour. Yeah. This tour has been yeah pretty that's rowdy. Right. Man. <laughs> Crazy. We've had some pretty yeah. nuts crowds the past. We saw a broken ankle last night. Yeah, I saw night. two broken really? noses the night before. Yeah. I didn't even notice. Yeah. It was laid out out there. <laughs> well, I hope the guy's okay. Yeah. yeah, same. So, what are some essential things to bring on tour? Baby wipes. Baby yeah. wipes. Baby Lots number of one. Underwear. Lots of yeah, underwear. Yeah, extra underwear, extra socks. Yeah. Uh, Your best friends. <laughs> shit. <laughs> She <laughs> sleeping bag. I don't know. Yeah, definitely extra guitar strings, all that extra cables. You know, you never know when backup everything. Your gear is gonna take a shit. You know. Okay, so the final question I have for you guys is, what is the best way for fans to support your band? Buy our merch. Go to our show. On the shows, buy merch. Stream us on Spotify. Yeah, play us. Listen to us. Tell your friends. <laughs> tell your friend. Tell your family. Tell your mom. You might dig yeah, it. Bring your mom to the show. Absolutely. Sick. Fire one of the MTD shirts. <laughs> we'll do. Thanks. All right, hey guys, thank you all so much for this interview. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time Appreciate for me. It, man. Thanks, man. That was funny. Yep, yeah. no problem. I can't wait to see you guys on stage tonight. You guys are going to kick serious ass. Thank, thank you. Up. And of course, you bet your ass I'll be in the pit too. Yeah. <laughs>